Welcome to Living Waters. Welcome to our Sunday Zoom church. Um, and uh, we want to bring you in just by simply stating what we always state at the beginning of our gatherings, is that everything that we are, everything that we do, everything we experience for these next few minutes is about and for and because of Jesus. And, and uh, so join me and let's pray as we, as we start this time today. God, we thank you for this opportunity to join together. We love you and we just release your hope and your joy and your peace over every person, over every home that is joining us this morning from wherever they are and whenever they're watching this, that there would be a tangible expression of your glory, which is your manifest presence in their hearts and in their minds and in their lives right now. We thank you that Jesus, you are everything. You are for us. You are with us. And so we reach out to you in this time. And, uh, and know that you are holding us strong and you are holding our heads up and that you are lifting weariness off of us today. So we give you this morning and this time we get to be together. And while we yearn and pray for a miracle and for a moment where we can begin to join together again physically, we thank you that we can be together spiritually and we can be together through technology. And we declare that this is not a secondary route to minister your heart and your love, that this is something that you knew and, have, and are showing us how to love people well um, and to connect well through it. And while it is not our preference, it is what we have right now. And so we ask that you would show us how to make the most of this time together this morning in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, hey, everybody. Um, we're glad you're with us today. Um, I'm going to share for a few minutes out of John chapter 4. We're going to be looking, if you want to turn your Bibles to John chapter 4, we're going to be looking at the miracle that Jesus performed for the royal official. Uh, the royal official's son. And, uh, and then after I share for a few minutes, we're going to bring our team on back onto the, onto this call and, uh, and onto the screen. And they're going to share some things with us as well, of what God's been saying to them and speaking to them this week around this passage of scripture. And I'll tell you a funny story about that. We were, we're trying something new where I share for a couple minutes at the beginning. And then I, we bring our team on live uh, a couple weeks ago. I said that I said, Hey, I'm going to share for a bit here, and then we're going to bring you guys, we're going to bring everybody on and um, bring everybody on live. And, uh, and I was told after the fact that since I was, I was talking about our team uh, being on live, but uh, some people thought that that meant that they were going to be on live. And so I was told by a few people that it's when I said that, they went scrambling uh, and got themselves dressed, took off their pajamas, did their hair, put on some makeup. Uh, and jumped back on and then finally realized after I brought the team on live that I was talking about the team and not just bringing everybody on live. So rest assured, we're not going to bring you on live suddenly. That would be mean. Um, but uh, we love that you're with us. I thought that was such a funny story as we learn how to use Zoom and how to use uh, Facebook and do different technology. And so I'm going to share for a couple of minutes and then the team's going to jump on and just share and, and give us some powerful words on this passage of scripture. And so John chapter four, you guys know we've been doing the miracles of Jesus, studying the miracles of Jesus. And the main passage that we use for this is actually at the end of John. It says, um, John 20, 30 and 31, the gospel was written. Why was this gospel of John written? And this is why it says, Jesus performed many other signs in the presence of his disciples, which are not recorded in this book. But these are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Messiah the Son of God, and that by believing, you may have life in his name. So what we're studying in these miracles of Jesus is that we would believe that Jesus is the Messiah and the Son of God, and that we would believe, and that we would have life in his name. And so I mentioned a couple weeks ago as the intro of the miracles of Jesus is that the, the New Testament actually doesn't teach a ton on Jesus's miracles. The bulk of the New Testament is actually about the apostles and about the early church and the believers' miracles that they performed um, and not so much about the miracles of Jesus. And there's nothing wrong uh, with, with obviously studying and preaching the miracles of Jesus. That's what we're doing. But I was wondering in that process of studying for this, why isn't it mentioning Jesus' miracles more? And I think it's because they were simply experiencing the miraculous reality of Jesus. And so they were preaching the gospel that, that God loved the world so much that he sent his son and that whoever would believe in him would have eternal life and that Jesus came and, and lived without sin and he died as a sacrifice in, in, our, in our place and that Jesus rose from the dead as we celebrated last week. And because that he lives, his, the promise of eternal life is now the reality that we can invite people into. And so they were preaching that gospel 
but then they were demonstrating that gospel with signs and wonders and miracles. And so as Ephesians 1.19, which is another passage that we're going to refer to often in the, in the miracles of Jesus' um, teachings that we're doing, is this, I pray that you'll understand the incredible greatness of God's power for us who believe in him. And I think that's what the New Testament believers were, were grasping. They understood the incredible greatness, the immeasurable greatness of God's power for, for those who believed in him, that the same mighty power that raised Christ from the dead and seated him in the place of honor at God's right hand in the heavenly realm resides in us. And so that's the reality of what we know the New, New, New Testament believers were experiencing, and that's what we want to experience. As we study the book of John and the miracles of Jesus, it's not just for um, to, to say, well, this is what Jesus is like, or this is what happened in the past, or this is what his glory was like, but we're, we want to experience it right now. This is what it's going to look like. This is what it should look like through us. As we proclaim the gospel, tell the truth about who Jesus is, all of heaven is behind us to back us up with signs and wonders and miracles that point not to us, but that point to Jesus. And so we're not trying to glean information. We're trying to be transformed by the scripture and hearing this as an invitation to a lifestyle that reflects Jesus. We're, of course, we're not saying that everybody who, who believes in Jesus should be able to turn water into wine as, as, as cool as that would be and, and, and walk on water and do that stuff. We, we want to believe in faith for those types of miracles, but we don't want to turn it into like magic tricks, right? But we are saying, while we aren't saying that everybody should be able to do these, these things, these side tricks, um, we are saying that everybody following Jesus is able to live a miraculous lifestyle through Jesus Christ. And if he is alive in us, the same power that raised him from the dead lives in us and, and through us. And that that should be our experiential really reality that we get to live out as followers of Jesus. And so we see in John and studying the miracles of Jesus, an invitation from heaven to a lifestyle of miracles that point people to Jesus. And so I, I want to encourage you as we look at this is that it's not the information that we carry about Jesus that's going to transform our world or anybody around us. It's, it's, it's really the presence and the power and the love made manifest, called his glory, made manifest in and around our life that's going to be transformative to people around us. So we don't study these for information. We're studying these for a template, a blueprint, and for an increase of faith to say we want that same reality that Jesus carried to be our reality. So last couple of weeks ago, we studied the miracle of the water into wine. And um, from that place, as we get ready to look at John chapter four, if you look at the context of, of this miracle that Jesus performed for the official son, you have this water into wine miracle in Cana. And then right from that place, watch this timeline of what Jesus does. From that place, Jesus goes into the temple courts and it said that he, he made a rope and he, and he, ran people out of the temple courts. He flipped over the tables where people were selling um, sacrifices and, and the doves and all of the things, and they were money changing. And so Jesus clears the temple. So right after the miracle of the wedding, Jesus clears the temple. And then he has this conversation with Nicodemus, who is a man who is, he's a seeker. He's a, he's a religious leader, but you can see that his faith is being deconstructed. And then he goes to Samaria, which is, a, which is, um, people who are estranged from their Jewish cousins or brothers, and, and, and they believe things differently, they function differently, and because of that difference in belief, they were actually into a place where there was no cross-communication between the Jews and the Samaritans, and the Jews thought that the Samaritans were unclean and unworthy, and so they had shunned them, and there had become this classism or even racism that had taken place, and so he goes in, Jesus goes into Samaria, and he meets the woman at the well, and he, and he speaks a, a word of knowledge to her, and then she goes and tells the people in her community, and they come out, and it says that they believed in Jesus just by his word. And so keep that believe in Jesus in your mind. Um, and then that brings us to this, this government official that we believe is a Jewish man who was working for the Roman government, for Herod, who was the king of the Jews at the time. And, and he was basically a puppet governor or a puppet king for the Roman, for the Roman government. And so um, they were taking huge advantage of the Jewish people. They were raising taxes. They were so causing the, this division to take place. And so one of the things that, um, let's see, I heard I'm frozen. Maybe I am. Am I still frozen? Yes. 
How about that? Okay. Yay. How far back was I? You could hear me though, right? So it didn't matter. Okay, cool. So, um, so you have this, this official that Jesus encounters who was working for the Roman government. So if he was Jewish, he would have been looked upon as a traitor to be serving the Romans and then to be implementing taxes on behalf of the Romans and to be getting wealthy based on that. This royal official would have been looked on as another outcast. If you guys remember Zacchaeus um, and other stories of Levi, the tax collector, and how the tax collectors, Jesus was accused of eating with the sinners and the prostitutes and the tax collectors. So they're in that category. And so you have this man coming to Jesus. So right out of the wedding at Cana, the water into wine miracle, you have Jesus cleansing the temple. Why did he cleanse the temple? Because the religious people were using money to keep women and to keep foreigners out of the temple. Now, we don't have time to go into the whole reality of what was taking place, but there was this system that was in place by the religious leaders and by the men who were holding out foreigners out of the temple and women out of the temple so that they could not come and worship. And Jesus recognized this, and he ran them out of there and saying, "This my father's house is a place for all people. And so then he goes from cleansing that temple and inviting the foreigner and the female in to worship, into connection with him. He goes and he finds the seeker, the one who's deconstructing their faith. And then he goes to the outcast, the Samaritans. And then he goes to the traitor. And so you have this thing of Jesus saying, everyone is included in my story, in my way. And, and you see this beautiful picture taking place of Jesus going around and reaching every single person of all different types of every he's saying there is everyone there is room for everyone at the table with me there is no one who is is too far gone there's no one who is outcast there's no one who's held out and so the jews and the jewish religious leaders would have been watching this and pulling their hair out because jesus is going directly to the people that they have been shunning and that they have been classing into certain categories and jesus is saying yep them too them too they get a part of this too i've come for them i've come for them i've come for them he wasn't coming for the ruling class. He wasn't coming for the religious elite. He was coming for everybody. And so I see in this story just a them to moment where I think every single one of us can find a foreshadow of ourselves in this story of how Jesus is uh, inviting people in. Are we the seeker who is deconstructing their faith and trying to figure out how to put it back together without religion? Are we, are we the socially or racially outcast? He's saying, you have a place at the, at the head of the table with me. Are, are, is it those that traitor, that, that reality of someone who's been shunned by others? We can see the foreshadowing of our own lives in Jesus's journey and how he stopped at each person and made a space for them is so powerful as we look at this passage of scripture. And so John 4, 43 through 54, brings us to this, inter this interchange with this traitor, with this tax collector or this royal official. After two days, he left for Galilee. And now Jesus himself had pointed out that a prophet has no honor in his own country. When he arrived, when he arrived in Galilee, the Galileans welcomed him. They had seen all that he had done in Jerusalem at the Passover festival, for they had also been there. And once more he visited Cana in Galilee, where he had turned the water into wine, and there was a certain royal official whose son lay sick at Capernaum. And so if we understand that this is about 15 miles, uh, a half a day or more of a walk for, from Capernaum to Cana in Galilee. And so this official whose son was sick in Capernaum, he had walked there. And when the man heard that Jesus had arrived in Galilee from Judea, he went to him and begged him to come and heal his son who was close to death. Unless you people see signs and wonders, Jesus told him. And in the, in the context of that in the Greek, it actually isn't singular. Jesus told him. It was Jesus told them. And so unless you people see signs and wonders, Jesus told them, you will never believe. So what this is painting is that Jesus is making an aside statement to everybody who was following him. The royal official said, sit, sir, come down before my child dies. And Jesus said, go, replied, he replied, your son will live. And the man took Jesus at his word and departed. And while he was still on the way, his servants met him with the news that his boy was living. When he inquired as to the time when his son got better, they said to him, yesterday at one in the afternoon, the fever left him. And then the father realized that that was the exact moment, the exact time at which Jesus had said to him, your son will live. So he and his whole household believed. This was the second sign that Jesus performed after coming from Judea to Galilee. There's a couple of things real quickly here before we bring the team on that I wanted to just highlight to you. And then we're going to invite Holy Spirit to just minister to us and through us for these next few minutes. 
first thing I see in this passage of scripture is that the end goal wasn't a healing. It was for the heart and for the family to believe in him. So this reality is that we can come to Jesus for miracles and for healing. And he does these for us because of his compassion. But ultimately what he wants for us and for our families is that we would believe in him, that we would take him at his word. He is comparing and contrasting the Samaritans in the passage before Jesus spoke to them and it says they believed in Jesus at his word. And then you have this, this official who believed Jesus and took him at his word, but you have these people who are following Jesus and these religious officials, if you remember, they're investigating Jesus as maybe a possible Messiah. And so they're saying, show us the signs that you're a Messiah. You have to do, if you're going to be the Messiah, we have this test and this checklist of miracles that you have to perform. And so he's saying to them, you guys are, you just want a sign. I'm looking for people who believe. And so while Jesus loves to do miracles for people and for us, uh, ultimately his heart is that we would believe in him and take him at his word. A miracle only lasts us so long, but belief in Jesus into eternal life changes us and changes our families. And so that's what Jesus was going after with this man. The other thing we see is that Jesus didn't come and didn't have to do tricks to prove himself. He just came to show compassion. And in this moment of miracle, it was a compassion moment where he saw this man. There's all these people around him that want the signs, like uh, to prove himself, a little bit like the temptations that he overcame in the desert, if you want to do a parallel study that's really interesting. But he's, he just moved in compassion to see this man for what he was needing and, and healed his son. The other thing we see from this passage is that it's okay to struggle. I don't want any of us to feel shame or guilt coming to Jesus in our moments of greatest need or in our moments of greatest weakness. Uh, Jesus was surrounded by people who just wanted signs and, and their depth of faith was literally, we'll believe as long as you keep doing miracles and keep doing signs. And, but there, the, he con contrasted that with this, this Roman official, as I said earlier, that just took him at his word and wanted his son to live. So isn't it interesting that those walking with Jesus were demanding signs while this man who was walking to Jesus had this simple faith. And, and just believed enough to go to Jesus and then believed enough to take Jesus at his word and to go back home to see what had taken place. Another thing I see in this passage of scripture is that, that we don't need um, to bring Jesus to our problems. We need to go to him. So faith really is this. It's a journey that often requires us to relinquish our proximity to our problems and then let go of that space and then walk ourselves over to where Jesus is. And, and it can be a daunting and sometimes difficult journey, but I find myself wanting to hold my fears and my doubts and my problems and the things that's so close, and I can hold them closer than Jesus. And there are times in my journey of faith when I need to just set those down and say, I don't have anything to fix this. I'm at my end, and I want to lay those things out, and I just want to figure out how to get to Jesus. And I'm, so I'm not saying that Jesus doesn't meet you where you need. He, he just showed us that in the Samaritan woman when he came to her at the well and came to Samaria. Um, and I'm not saying that that doesn't, doesn't happen, but I am saying that sometimes taking Jesus at his word means letting go of the proximity uh, to our problems in exchange for presence. Are we, are we so fixated on what's going wrong or not happening that we tend to live in that place instead of living in the presence of Jesus? We have to let go of one to find our journey, to begin our journey to Jesus. And that's what happens. The other thing I see in this is just that desperation creates that desire to move toward Jesus. When we have to confront our limits of what we can accomplish on our own, it, it brings this desperation up in us that I believe is really healthy. In fact, I believe that's the beginning of our journey. The royal official, he had position, he had money, he, had, he, had, he knew the right people, but none of those things were helping his son. And his son still was ill and on his deathbed. And so the end of his resources, the end of his ability to make any difference with what he had was the beginning of his journey towards Jesus. And so when we run out, when we come to our end, that's when our journey truly begins. Um, and I sense this in this time, if I could just speak to, to Living Waters and, and, and our church to what I'm seeing in people, is I just sense this deep hunger rising in us for his will and for his work to be accomplished in this time. And that we are letting go of our abilities. We're letting go of maybe I can figure this out. Maybe I can make this work. 
we're all of that is coming to an end and in desperation in a good desperation we're beginning this journey to say god what are you doing in this time what are you accomplishing in this time and so and then the, the other things that i see in this positive scripture is just a reminder um is that our position our wisdom or whatever it is that we have as that is being laid down it brings us into this place where we can take him at his word and we begin to live like jesus and so we can allow the circumstance of desperation that we see around us to become opportunities for jesus to heal and to restore and to enact his justice in making things right which brings people into believing into Jesus, into the way that he has space at his table for every single person in his heart is that people would know him, experience him, but ultimately as this man, that his family, he and his family believed in Jesus. And so that's what Jesus is asking us to do, to live like Jesus in such a way that it brings people into an encounter with him. We don't have to jump through all the hoops. We don't have, Jesus didn't, there was all the religious people and everybody was walking and watching him and saying, you got to do this and you got to do that. Jesus didn't jump through all those hoops. And yet he still brought this man a miracle from heaven, but also into belief. And so I want us to have in this passage, I want us to gain a renewed sense of expectation for the miraculous through Jesus in our lives. And so Jesus ministered to people through the miraculous. That's what he did. And he still does. And he still wants to, as I said earlier, not as parlor tricks and not as a sideshow but as the author of life, even from a distance that Jesus could speak a word and that healing could break out. That's the Jesus that we see. That's the Jesus that lives today, is still alive and is still moving and still ministering. So I want John chapter four, this passage in so many ways to just stir us up, to take him at his word and to begin to increase our expectancy of the miraculous again and again and again to take place in a way that brings people, brings our heart into alignment with him, but also brings people into alignment with him. Just remembering and like, this is the sign that Jesus performed so that people would believe in him, as he said at the end of the water into wine miracle. And if I can encourage you again, I think that there is just such a right, there's, this is a season where people are so ripe to come to know Jesus like we have never experienced in our lifetime. And the longer this goes, the more opportunity there's going to be for people who want to come to know Jesus, that they are, their faith in there is rising up. Their willingness to journey towards Jesus is there. They have this great need and the invitation stands ready. Uh, and I believe that God, as you step out, that God is going to be backing you in surprising, miraculous and powerful ways. There will never be a better time than right now for us to begin to reach out to people and minister to people. Um, and as I said a couple weeks ago, hear this, your life is a sign and a wonder to people. Your hope that you carry in this season is a sign and a wonder to people. Your boldness is a sign and a wonder to people. Your bravery, your faith for the miraculous in the face of all that we're facing globally, economically, individually, it is a sign and it is a wonder to people that points them to Jesus. So let's allow this passage that we're studying to really deeply affect us. That as we study John, the miracles, that we would break out of survival mode, that we would break out of, of pounding our fists for a different cause than the kingdom, that we would stop that stuff and we would remember we are about the gospel, we are about hope, we are about Jesus in this season, and we are about a God who is still performing miracles that draw people in compassion, that touch people's lives and cause them to believe in him. So we need to reset our expectation to the greater things that he is doing, that in all things he is working with us and in us for his good and for his purposes. So that's what I'm seeing in this passage of scripture. And I believe that it's such a powerful opportunity for us to say yes to him, to take him at his word, to allow desperation to rise up in us in this season um, and to just see him moving powerfully in people's lives and through us. And so uh, that's what I wanted to share as a little bit of a background and a little bit of a teaching this morning for you guys. So let me bring the team in here um, or they're already here. Are you guys all here? I'm seeing. Yeah, we're here. Okay. Awesome. Woo. Good morning, everyone. Good morning. Good morning. Um, so what we want to do now is just invite you guys into our team and, um, and allow you to hear some of the hearts of, of what Jesus is showing them and, and allow you into some of this 
community that we're missing so much. And so we, we're, we're hoping that as we interact this morning, that there's more, it's, there's truth that's going forth, but there's also just the interactivity of community and friendship that heals our hearts in this time and, uh, and rekindles our hope that we're not too far from that being our reality again. So good morning, you guys. Uh, can you just jump in and share with us some of the things that we've been talking about and that you guys have been seeing in this passage of scripture? Yeah. Um, Thank you so much for sharing all of that, Ryan. It was so good. I think what spoke to me a lot was that aspect of like desperation for Jesus. And I just feel like it's those moments of desperation that produces wild faith for the impossible to happen. And so I just love this story because it starts off with Jesus returning back to Cana. And that's where, like you said, Jesus had recently turned water into wine. And so I'm imagining like within the city and town, like the name Jesus is just a buzzword. Like yeah. everyone's talking about it. There's all these rumors um, of like this guy, cause he did it in secret, the miracle. But then afterward, people saw it happen. And yeah. it seems like even the story has like spread far and this officials heard of what Jesus did. And mm. he's coming to Cana because he's desperate for a miracle. Yeah. Um, and I just love that. Like he goes out of his way to um pursue jesus and say like i mean i can't even imagine what this official is going through as a father his Mm -hmm. kid's dying Mm -hmm. and so he's like i got no other option but i'm gonna try this because this guy he's turned water into wine supposedly so why not and so um i just imagine that there's this like wild faith and expectancy and hope um within this official's heart that Jesus is like capable of another water into wine moment. Yeah. And that is what draws him like on a day, two day journey to Mm -hmm. Jesus and say, I've got no other options, but I know that, or I believe that you can show up and do the miraculous in the situation. Yeah. Yeah. Sort of crazy how he took that leap from water to wine and we'll just jump straight to uh, biology and and people's (laughs) bodies. Like, right. Is this like, that's that was wild to me. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. The impossible is the impossible. Yeah, yeah. Right? Yeah. I I love just how God He loves to show up in extravagant ways, and uh, like the the royal official, it almost like just kind of the setting of like the most obscure um, culturally um, weird. Um, distant way for the the guy to ask, almost like the janitor at a uh, at the Super Bowl is like, "Hey, I'd love to say something at halftime," uh, but he just wasn't scared to ask Jesus. He just goes all in. He's bold. He's a full sender, and he's like, "You gotta heal my son, Jesus." Yeah. yeah. Hey, like, did not hold back. He wasn't like, "Hey, maybe if you could, like, after lunch, you know, like, yeah. Yeah. done eating fish." Right. Maybe you could swing by. Like that would be really cool if it's possible. No, that guy was like, you Jesus, to, you gotta heal my son right now, and you gotta yeah. do it like now. Yeah. And um, there's been times in my life where I I feel like I instead of just full fully asking with boldness in God, I've been like, God, maybe if you could do this. Um, yeah. That would be really cool where, mm-hmm. where I just go through that time of like really struggling to ask God with boldness with something. Yeah. Um, or like, I know there's other things that you're doing and you're, it's probably more important than this, but if you could come around to it. Yeah. yeah. Hedging and, off. Mm-hmm. and I'm asking him and I, or I've uh, prayed and asked God in these certain ways. And, and then he throws a curveball almost every time where he's like, Hey, I know you're asking for this, but first, I want you to experience more of my love. Mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, mm-hmm. great God. But I was actually asking <laughs> for like something else. And if yeah. you could just like answer me the way I want you to answer me, that would be great. Mm-hmm. And God's like, actually, here's some more of my love. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm about. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I'm not just going to give you a little piece of my love or a little side dish. Mm-hmm. I'm going to give you the full steak dinner mm-hmm. or if you're vegan, the full <laughs> tofu of my love for you. And <laughs> the I, impossible the impossible burger, God wants <laughs> to give us the impossible burger. 
Yeah. And I, but really, I love um, the fact that when that guy asked, Jesus was like, done. And mm-hmm. the guy didn't know. And then yeah. he finds out like, oh, right when I asked, Jesus healed my son. Yeah. yeah. And right when we ask, God hears us and he wants to show us his extravagant love. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I love that. Yeah, that's so good. Yeah, I love even like you. The the thing that the guy did, the official, he just invited Jesus into that moment. Yeah, and he just said like, "Here's an opportunity for you to show up." And so I think it's beautiful that in the like impossible moments of like Jesus, you can show up and heal my son who's dying, or in just the ordinary life moments, like we have that opportunity to invite Jesus in, no matter what like life circumstance looks like that um like his desire is just to be invited in Mm -hmm. always in the business of like transforming and um making himself known and like bringing wholeness and healing to every situation or just his presence yeah um kate you've said i know a lot of people have said before like um the promise is his presence Mm -hmm. so we just get to invite his presence into ordinary things and to crazy things where like if you don't show up this falls to pieces like yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but I love that in both extremes, like Jesus wants to be faithful and be there. Um, and so I know in this season for me, especially like he's challenging me, do I have radical faith? Like in times where I feel like I've reached the end of my rope, am I just like going to Jesus with radical faith for him to show up and expect it for another like water into wine moment? Or am I like, I'm exhausted. I'm done. I've done everything on my own strength and I don't know what to do. (laughs) And so I think in those moments, hopefully before we reach the end of our rope, um, but like, especially in those moments too, that we just like take a step back and what you were saying, Ryan, of like leaving that and walking to Jesus. Mm -hmm. I need you here as well and bringing into that. And so I just love, I love this story because it challenges me so much to like stay desperate for Jesus. Yeah. And that desperation for Jesus, even when life is easy, um, like produces faith. Yeah. Yeah. It's so good. Yeah. And you just pray, let's, Christine, would you pray for us for that? And for for folks that are watching this is just that healthy desperation Mm -hmm. for that and that expectancy for the miraculous. Yeah. Yeah, Jesus, um, we just say that we need you mm-hmm. in every moment of every day, no matter what life looks like, whether we feel like we need it or not, we need you. And so I pray for um, just a revelation of our desperation for you, God, that we, yeah. um, I think for many years, have thought we had control of our life. And we're learning now that we really have never had control. And so we thank you for um in the unraveling and in the chaos for the gift of realizing that you are the one in control, mm-hmm. relearning that again and again. And so um, yeah. I just pray that in this, that we'd be people that don't reach the end of our own ropes, but that we'd be ones that cling on to you, that yeah. invite you into situations situations, and say, Jesus, I need you. Mm-hmm. I need you to get through this day. I need you to help me with my kids' homework, or I need you and whatever, but mm-hmm. that we be people that are just constantly, just simply inviting you in mm-hmm. yes, Jesus. Yeah. and watching you show up again mm-hmm. and, and again because you're mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. yeah. to respond to the invitation. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And I just want to pray to you is like, I sense this, I see this picture of like, we're coming to a place of desperation and we're, it's so easy to shift into our old habits or our own old ways or to get frantic. And I, and I see you showing me, God, places where I'm doing that, where my des- instead of my desperation drawing me away from that stuff and towards you, I'm actually, when the desperation starts to rise up, I actually get further away mm-hmm. uh, and I go into that stuff and I lean into that stuff. And, and so, and I see that you're bringing that conviction to us. And as a church, as a whole people, God, I ask that there would be a, as Christina prayed and as John and Christina shared, there would just be this desperation that leads us to you mm-hmm. and not further into our frantic <clears throat> ways of doing things or our numbing things or our shutting down. You would, you would highlight that stuff as soon as it starts to happen. Mm-hmm. And you would remind us, I'm not giving you desperation so that you'll find yourself further from me. I'm giving you desperation so that you will cling to me. You will journey to me. Yeah. So we just say mm-hmm. yes to that. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah.
Mm -hmm. so it's, yeah. 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 Do you guys find yourself like just even settling into a routine where then that desperation isn't even there, where you're like, oh, I've gotten actually comfortable in this place right here. And, and we kind of like find that place instead of actually needing, like at the beginning of this, we were like, oh my gosh, we need Jesus because this is so different. Right. Mm -hmm. And now it's like, well, now it's kind of, I've got a routine going and everything's just kind of smoothing oh, wow. out and yeah, I need Jesus, but it's like, no, I don't ever want to get to that place where I don't need him at every yeah. moment of every day, even in a routine, even in the hard times, even when things are really good, but just that, that hunger for him would be always there. I don't know if that's you guys, but for me, that's what it is. <laughs> yeah, that makes sense because I, in verse 44 of John, or 444, I think this is like a parenthetical when John was writing. Now, Jesus himself had pointed out that a prophet has no honor in his own country. And I think when we become familiar with like what Kim was saying in the routine, yeah. we kind of like lose the awareness of the person of Jesus and his inward working that he's doing in us. It's yeah. like, you know, when we're doing, when we breathe, like most of the time we're not aware of our breathing. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so that's when we have that panic, frantic, anxiousness that happens inside of us but then when we return to the rhythm of our breath mm -hmm. calm actually sets in in our body and so if like i feel like mm -hmm. as a um, as a body i feel like uh, to just minister the lord is releasing just that that awareness back to yeah. to the person of yeah. jesus the person of his power the person of that he is the impossible working god in our lives and that we never lose the awareness we never become familiar mm -hmm. but it's always fresh and so i just yeah. want to release that to you guys yeah mm -hmm. and as a church we just received that that he would never become normalized mm -hmm. and and we wouldn't become so familiar with jesus that we don't honor his very mm -hmm. he just even his slightest move that we're not just going what are you doing jesus we're aware we're aware yeah. we're aware not familiar over familiar but just honoring your presence and honoring what you're mm -hmm. doing it's such a good word that's what we want mm -hmm. It's awesome. Yeah. I know for me, um, I am find I have found it really hard to take Jesus at his word in this season. And I was sharing just with Ryan yesterday over Vox, like, man, this this passage for me was super convicting. And I could have forgotten every other detail about the story, except for the line, he took Jesus at his word. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And it, it got me to think just over and over again of like how oh my word how many promises in scripture how many times in the word um i could just go and i have them in my heart i have them memorized i know them like you know it, god takes care of the lilies of the field and the birds of the air it's like you know how much more does he care about us and i i know these things and i know these promises and here in this story, you have someone who just met Jesus, and Jesus is just new. Yeah. He has none of the scriptures, yeah. none of the prophetic words. He has none of the anything other than this yeah. root of water to wine. And he takes Jesus at his word. And I have found myself over and over again in the last season just struggling to take mm -hmm. Jesus at his word. Mm -hmm. So this has been incredibly convicting story for me this week. And just contrasting my own life with, you know, like I said, all the promises of scripture that I have and I know, all the words that people have given me that the Lord has spoken to them for me. I mean, I could tell you this week, just like three different people, random people from around the country texted me or messaged me and said, hey, this is what the Lord is saying to me for you. Mm -hmm. And, mm -hmm. oh, But it doesn't I mean, matter if we don't take him at his word. It doesn't matter if we don't take him at his word. <laughs> And it's just, it's that, that challenge that's come back to me of just saying, okay, God, I need to repent. I need to repent for, for not resting in who you are and what you said and, and what you have consistently shown about who you are mm -hmm. in my life and in the lives of, of your, your children. And so I, I got to a place and then still there of just, asking the Lord forgiveness mm -hmm. for, for my, for allowing fear and anxiety and the unseen to be more powerful than the God who has consistently shown himself. 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, so, yeah, that's that's been the challenge that I've I've seen in this passage this week. Yeah. Just that simple statement, he took Jesus at his word and how much that is shaking me to the core. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. How much I want that for all of us. Mm-hmm. That you know, I know I'm not the only I know I'm not the only one that that wrestles at times just believing what God has said. And so um Yeah. Yeah, I just yeah, that's that's where I've been this week. Yeah. I think I'd love for you to pray that over us, Drew. Um, it's just such a powerful thing of like, you're right. I think that that if, if there's anything that's jumping out to people consistently as we've been studying this together as a church, it's that it's that one line is just taking Jesus at his mm-hmm. word. And it's so fascinating that he's contrasting it with people who are literally standing around, who have been following him around saying, show us a sign. We need to see a sign. Just one more sign. One more sign and we'll believe. One more sign mm-hmm. and we'll believe. Show mm-hmm. us one more time. One more, like how short is your memory? One right. more time, one more time, right? And he just goes, here, here is a guy, you know, that is an opportunity for this guy to come to him and just say, okay, Jesus, I believe you. Yeah. You said it, I believe you. And he walks away from that place. He's not going to follow him around and go, prove it, prove it, prove it. Mm-hmm. Just right. So such a such a powerful moment of what Jesus is accomplishing there. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. so God, we let your word just convict our heart as Drew prays for us here in a moment. We want to be people of repentance. Mm-hmm. Such a such a powerful act of discipleship and, and becoming like you, becoming Christ-like is repentance. So we don't want to be a people who stand around and say, I mean, I know you were good to me this morning, but are you going to be good to me this afternoon? And I know you were good to me last week, but are you going to be good to me next week? And that we live in that place of panic, constant place of turmoil where we're being, we feel more like we're being dangled over the fire instead of held in your arms. And, uh, and so God, we just repent of that. We repent of that right now and ask that you would meet us, every one of us in this, in this, mm-hmm. on this team, but also everyone who's watching this. Mm-hmm. As Drew leads us in this prayer, God. Father, we just thank you so much for your unending grace for us in these moments, in these seasons, that you do see us and you do see the things in our lives that draw us to fear and doubt. Um, and so, Lord, thank you for your mercy and your grace of those things. But right now, Lord, we just repent. Mm-hmm. I personally, and and on behalf of anyone else in our in our community who has run into the same things that I have over this season. Lord, we just we just declare your goodness and your mm-hmm. faithfulness over us. And we ask your forgiveness for the places where we have allowed circumstance mm-hmm. and fear and anxiety and frustration and the unseen. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah. We just repent of those places of, where we've allowed those places to be more powerful mm-hmm. and more real than than the God that you have been, the God that you say you are, the God that you demonstrate yourself to be in our own lives. And so, Father, we just we just humble ourselves now to say we're sorry. Mm-hmm. And, and, Lord, bolster in us by your grace the ability and the, the, the daring faith mm-hmm. to take you at your word. Yes. To yes. rest in that. Yeah. To rest in what you said and what you say, mm-hmm. and what you're saying. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Lord, yeah. we thank you so much for that. And there's a blessing. Every one of my my community here, <laughs> I asked it for myself, Father, the, the, the release from condemnation for doubt and for fear, um, that that would just happen now, and that we would be mm-hmm. filled with joy knowing mm-hmm. who you are. Yes, mm-hmm. Lord. Mm-hmm. Yes, Lord. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you, Lord. I just, I just, um, I agree with what Drew's saying. I know that's for all of our hearts that we do. We just um, confess, even in my own life, where I'm like, God, you are so faithful. You're so faithful. One moment, and then the next moment, I'm like, but I think if you're gonna fail, you would fail me first. <laughs> like there's just like this back and forth, and so I just confess that, Father, where I, I know that you're faithful, Lord. You have been so um, faithful to us in all of our lives, but. It, sometimes as John even shared, like it's, it's sometimes not in the ways that we are expecting, but we just, um, confess, like we bow our knee to you, father, you are our Lord. You, you know, everything that we need. And, um, we just confess where 
we feel that we know better than you. And I just confess that Lord and just um, stand and just say, we surrender fully to you, Jesus. And this morning, these situations in this quarantine, in the unknown father, we say that we do trust you and that we, um, yeah, we love you and you will meet us and you will, you show up. You will not, you won't fail me and you won't fail Ryan. You won't fail, fail our team because um, your name is faithful, Jesus. And yeah. so we just yeah. thank you for that, Father. Yeah. Yeah. And I just think that there was something about, you know, what was required of him was to have faith in that moment. And then he departed, like he took God at his word and then he walked away instead of like pulling on him and saying, you have to come with me. You have to come heal my son. And I think sometimes for me, like it's that um, active faith. It's that I'm going to take God at his word and then I'm actually going to move in it. And it requires something of me. And sometimes I don't want it to require something of me. I just want him to do it. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, why are you not just doing it? Mm -hmm. And so I just want to um, say, Jesus, like, please forgive me Mm -hmm. for not just, um, actively walking in faith, but requiring, like you require something of me and I want to partner with you. And so instead of me just saying, you just do it, God, um, I want to do what you're asking me to do. And as this Royal official just said, okay, he said it, I'm going to believe him and walk away. I want to be a person like that as well. And so please forgive me when I do not um, do that. Well, and where I'm like, well, you didn't show up because you didn't do something. Um, Jesus, I trust you and you are moving and I want to partner with you in what you're asking of me. And I want to go and walk in faith like this guy did and see your miracles take place. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So good. Yeah. Jesus, I just, I just right now repent of, I know me and Andrea have been talking about so many times about our kids and there's so many, uh, worries, anxiety, I can put on and say like, oh, this two months time, this three months time, whatever it is, this is going to ruin everything is what the culture wants to say. This is going to put them miles behind on this. And this is going to be a hiccup in their, their life or whatever it might be. There's just a lot of that. And I jump in and join in like, gosh, what is going to happen? How are we going to handle this? Like, oh man, they're struggling in this area. And so I just repent right now. Um, with Andrea, who's probably watching somewhere online, we're together in this, but we just repent right now of the worries about how our kids might process and turn out through this time. And um, I just repent of that kind of joining in with the narrative about education and, or, and uh, of falling behind or not quite meeting the mark, whatever that might be there. I know parents are out there even feeling the same yeah. thing. And just repent of that yes. right where we're at. Yeah. And we choose to believe a future where you're in it, not one yes. that you're not in it. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. yeah. yeah. You're faithful to our children, Jesus. Um, you're faithful to uh, their, their future. And so I, I agree with that, Andy. And just um, you, they have a bright future, even in the midst of where they're home and where they feel like they may be um, at a lack. Mm-hmm. It's not true. In the name yeah. of Jesus. Yeah. Come on. Yeah. Awesome. So what does it look like for us to, to walk away, so to speak, with that faith, right? Just, yeah. just what is our life, each individual of us, of our lives, like what does it look like for us to walk, believing what Jesus has spoken, taking him at his word, and now we turn and we're facing that same situation, that same doubt, and that same road home. Like what, do we, what does that look like for us, and then how do we carry that word forward? Mm-hmm. We're not earning it. We're not making it happen. We're just, but we do have to move. And we do, like Kim was saying, we do have to walk in mm-hmm. it and confront the doubt that's going to be there on that journey home. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, and I think too, like there is, there are things that the Lord is depositing in us, right? There are, um, like we've been talking about this for weeks. Like there are creative things that God is giving us. There are dreams that God is giving us, not for even just this time, but for even where, when we come out of this quarantine time. And if we're going to, we need to learn to walk in faith and really um, allow those dreams to be stirred up in us. But then it does take those steps that we get to take those steps with him and believe what he's saying and watch these things take place. Even as we walk out of this, does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, the thing that stuck out with me on this was that journey back, like what Kim was just saying, um, and Ryan, you mentioned it. Um, I can just imagine this guy 
just walking back, if I put myself in his shoes, um, I like he just had to take Jesus at his word for declaring healing over his son. Um, but then he was on his way back, and Ryan said it's a 15 mile journey. <laughs> I can't, I would be a mess during that. I would <laughs> sprint and I got to run home. But then I was like, ah, that's a 15 mile journey. I don't think I can make it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They didn't eat as much bad food as I do, so. <laughs> but it was just this, this mental warfare that this man, I could imagine, had to go through on that home. And some scriptures that just came to my mind is like, um, just I think it's in Proverbs where it's like, look at yourself in the mirror, and then you step away and you quickly forget who you are. Um, I think. That has been one of the biggest struggles uh, just with me in this season is like I have to hold on to who God has told me I am. Mm-hmm. And I don't have anything really that's showing me visibly who I am. And I, I've based uh, in the past, I based my life and my identity off of what I can produce, what I can do, uh, mm-hmm. just affirmation of people around me. And, and I don't know, God has been ministering through uh, both Emily and I, or to Emily and I, through walking. Like, I think this week we put in, like, close to 33 miles or something, just walking. And that, that's what really stuck out about this is, like, wow, this dude walked. Yeah. He walked. And, and so God has been on this journey of walking. Every time he's been highlighting something different, but the consistent thing has been Mount McLaughlin. And it's so beautiful, and it, it with the snow on the top, and and just different lighting. It, it was, it was. I just, I knew God was giving me peace through that mountain, the sight of the mountain, and like I'm here, I'm with you. And I even had a dream, um, with with that mountain in the dream. So it's like God has been really speaking me through that. But then there was just, an, uh, I think three days later, I go there, and there was just clouds covering the mountain. But it was in such a way where you could see the small little hills. No, mm-hmm. couldn't see the mountain in the background. The cloud was just the clouds were covering just that that part of the mountain, and and it was like, whoa! Did I make that all up in my head? Sounds. <laughs> 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 it's like I had to sit there and question, like, oh no, I didn't. And and God has been speaking to me through that, and God has been showing me, and He's giving me who I am as a person and I need to hold on to that. It's kind of just similar to what that, that man had to, had to do. I imagine on the way back is yeah. even hold every thought captive mm-hmm. to, to what I know, like God, uh, what, what I know God is speaking to me and what I, what that guy knew what happened, like yeah, was declared. Um, so yeah, I think I, I would just repent of that. of just like, I think, it was saying what a lot of a lot of us are saying is just forgetting uh, who who you are and how faithful you are mm-hmm. and in the midst of not seeing it in the midst of like that that in between journey in the process of like mm-hmm. walk this out I can't just like sit in this moment of like oh you can't have that that moment linger on forever like mm-hmm. you have to get out of that moment and walk in faith and know that what was said and what was declared is truth yeah. And that, uh, so Lord, I just repent of, of just looking in the mirror and then forgetting, like looking at your truths and who you are and what you've told me I am mm-hmm. and forgetting that and not mm-hmm. holding uh, every thought captive, uh, to you in moments and, and letting anxiety and fear and, and just lies come in. Um, yeah. so I repent to that and I just, uh, for anyone who's struggling with just like thoughts mm-hmm. and just like. Mm-hmm. Our thought life is really being exposed, especially with me and Emily. We've been talking about it. It's it's very challenging to hold our thoughts captive to God and mm-hmm. to hold on to the truth and just throw it away. So, mm-hmm. yeah, just anyone who's struggling with that, I'm just praying. I'm with, I'm with you, praying. Um, I can't look back on my life and think of one time that God has failed me. Or mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, come on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the healing has been declared. Yes. Even when your truth is obscured by some clouds. Even when that mountain is obscured by some clouds. Even when God's truth is obscured by some clouds, we can't see it, God. We know it's there. Mm -hmm. We believe it. We believe it. Yeah. Live in that faith. I just feel like we're supposed to even just release um, old 
things that God has said, that those would come back to our memory, that yeah. we would be reminded of the things that God has said, because that cloud has kind of come over us. And we're like, oh, I don't even remember what he said. And so like, I just want to um, pray over us that we would just be reminded of those things that God has spoken to us. And that um, we would then make that choice to believe him, believe, uh-huh. take him at his word and yeah. begin to walk those things out and take risks even um, in those dreams and in those those things that he has spoken to us, not even just in this quarantine time, but even in past, I feel like there are going to be things that God has spoken to us years ago that um, he just wants to release again and say, remember when I said that to you, I want to see you start believing me and walk that out yeah. as yeah. well. And so Jesus, we, um, we just trust you to um, remind us of those things that you've spoken to each one of us individually, that, that we would begin to be people that believe you, take you at your word and be okay to take risk and to trust you at um, what you're saying and believe that you're going to walk this out with us. And so just remind us of those old things, those old dreams, those old words, those prophetic words that have been spoken over our lives. Remind us of those things, Jesus, as we walk into this next week. And um, I just pray for a boldness to believe and a courage to take risk into um, stepping into those things in the name of you at your word. Uh Yeah. Yeah. Emily, I love you all. We got to go with kids. Youth group. Bye, guys. Thank you. Yeah, yeah coronavirus does not cancel God's promises. No. <laughs> yeah. No. No. Well, as we're we're sort of landing here, guys, um, it, as you're watching, we're doing this together, and we're coming up with some different things, some repented moments, some laying down some beliefs, um, as John and Christina were sharing about having this kind of radical impossible risk-taking faith coming out of us. Mm-hmm. Um, I was reading on, on Romans, we're going to land on this, but it's sort of just a more faith stuff, but it said, because of our faith, this is Romans 5, 2, because of our faith, Christ has brought us into this place of undeserved privilege where we now stand and mm-hmm. are, we are confidently and joyfully looking forward to sharing God's glory. Mm. I just want to invite you, if you haven't taken the chances as everybody's ministered along the way to think of one thing, to think of an impossible risk-taking faith idea, to think of a place where he's already smoking it, like Kim said, and it's coming back to mind, thinking of the things that Drew was sharing where these, I just got to believe what he's saying. Yeah. Any of this stuff, any of those moments along the way, what if your 20-mile journey um, is six months from now? What if you looked from September, November, October, looked back to this time Mm. and you got to say this moment where I laid this thing down, this moment where I repented, this moment where I again believed the thing you said, I'm in October now. I'm looking back and I go, wait, that was the time that everything changed. That was the time that I... I didn't even know you were already working. And instead of thinking like, I want to take this time to learn a new language and I want to believe about like, I'm going to fix everything on my house or whatever the stuff people are saying you should do with this time. Yes. What if this was the thing we did and we look back, Yes. you know, this is a 20 mile journey, six months from now, when maybe this is all winding down, praise God that that happened. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Look back and go, this was the moment. Yes. I stepped into a faith spot because of faith. Not because of work, right. yes. Not because of something we can figure out, but we yes. step into faith. So I want to just invite you, if you haven't taken that moment yet, we've been talking for an hour, mm-hmm. right? Don't let this moment, this mm-hmm. day, go by without mm-hmm. taking that moment. Mm-hmm. Have that thing come to mind. Yeah. So Jesus, we give you yeah. the space of this time. Mm-hmm. As we've enjoyed this story, we want it to be more than a story, mm-hmm. a historical document. You are alive. Your presence is with us as yes. everybody's shared. Yes. So again, bring to mind every person that's watching right now or watching later, that thing to believe you for what you say. Yeah. yeah. And we're going to look to this moment, mm-hmm. to this season and go, that's when he was working. Yes. That's when you were working, and I didn't even know it. Yeah. Yeah. The exact moment. What is it? 10, whatever. Mm -hmm. 10.02 a.m. Yeah. Thank you, Father. Yeah. Thank you, Father.
we allow you to do that holy spirit to lead us through that mm-hmm. thank you jesus so good. Mm-hmm. So good. amen yeah. amen amen so mm. <clears throat> love it thank you guys Thanks for joining us this morning, everybody. Um, I don't know if the panelists are going to jump off or stay on. I'm going to give you a couple highlights, and then I want to invite you in just a few minutes onto our Facebook page. We have some worship um, that we want you to join in with us and participate in with us, and so that'll be premiering live on uh, Facebook at 10:15 here in just a minute. Um, before you get out of here, I'm going to give you a couple really quick highlight things that are going on is that uh, obviously check lwrv.org for all of our newsletter stuff, all of our upcoming events, all the links to different youth Zoom calls and Kingdom Kids curriculum and Kingdom Kids stuff that's going on. And um, all of that stuff is on our website. So we want you to be looking at that. Um, We also want to invite you. We believe that God is raising up this house, Living Waters, as as a place of prayer in our valley and in our cities. And um, so we want to invite you to be a part of that with us. And um, this isn't something that we're just going to do for a little while during this shutdown. We're going to um, see how God is calling us to create space to be people of prayer and to, to join together for prayer. So um, Tuesday nights at 630, we get on Zoom and have a Zoom prayer time. And then on Thursdays at noon, we have a, a, a Zoom prayer time. And so we would love to have you join us for those times. It's so, so powerful. Um, don't let prayer be something that somebody else does. It's it is not a it's not a something you have to have this amazing skill for prayer. It is a heart thing. It is a showing up and connecting with the Father thing. It is it is something that we go. I don't I don't want to let prayer be something somebody else does. I want to be a person of prayer, and uh, and we want to be a house of prayer. And so, I want to make sure that you're aware of that. Uh, another thing that I want to remind you of is that if you are giving into Living Waters financially and resources into into us through this time. We are so thankful for everybody who is giving and the generosity of that. And I know that everybody is confronting hard and difficult economic times. And so it's, it's crazy miraculous to see um, that people are, when the economy is struggling, that generosity is increasing. And I believe that that's happening out in the city, in the community, but also we're inviting you just to be generous towards Living Waters so that we can continue to go to the front line of these places of great need right now, of fear and isolation or what people are confronting. And this is an incredible team that you're looking at right here who are uniquely positioned um, <clears throat> to be frontline workers for that, to be first responders to people in that. And so we invite you just to give it into Living Waters. And, and that's also on our website. You can scroll through there if this is our digital offering, so to speak. So um, thank you for giving into, into Living Waters. I want to remind you in saying that of just this time of fear and isolation, one last thing is, or a couple last things is that um, be challenged to reach out to people around you in this, in this season. And people that you think are not struggling could very well be struggling. People who have gone silent, let there be Holy Spirit radar that begins, you begin to pay attention to people that have gone silent or, or you're experiencing different things from, from people. Usually they're this way. They seem to be this way. Just be, be a person who is reaching out to others around you and that you are quick to respond. And we can see all the numbers aren't in yet, but we're starting to see suicide rates are increasing through this time. And that's because of fear and isolation. It's because of economic struggle. It's the things that are going on within families and you, not just our team, but you are powerful to exist within your, within the friendships, the families and the places of influence that you have to be a person who is obedient to Holy Spirit. When he puts someone on your mind, reach out to them. Mm -hmm. When you are thinking through and praying through your list of friends and and family, be someone who's reaching out and loving on them and just making a safe space for people to be able to share if they're having a hard time and that you can connect with them and, and, and allow them to have that place. And so we just don't know how deeply somebody might be struggling right now. And that hearing from you could be the very thing that changes them, changes their life or pulls them out of that spiral or, or, um, or, or just sets them into a place where they can catch a breath of fresh air. And if you do struggle, if you are struggling, or if you have someone who is struggling, you reach out to them, but also we have a resource for you. And it's lwrv.org slash soul care. Super simple. Lwrv slash or dot org slash soul care. And so if you need any bit of connection mm-hmm. or prayer or to hear somebody and be face to face with one on one with somebody to just talk through what you're feeling what you're confronting, 
please, please mm -hmm. reach out, reach out and use that link as a resource. As you're reaching out to friends and family, use that link, send them to, to us and, and um, connect with them and follow up with them. But we would love for that to be something that you're able to do. Um, and then just as a reminder, um, <clears throat> we have mute at Mondays. You're welcome to join. It's just turning off social media. It's muting it. There's so much crap out there. So many inputs, so many opinions, so many things are going on and it is none of it. Very little of it is helping your heart or your brain. Mm -hmm, right. And, um, and so we just have a challenge once a week on a social media is just to reset and by, by muting everything for Monday. And one other thing I would ask you to do on that is you might just want to do some unfollowing. <laughs> Just go through there and just start unfollowing people and things and, and yep. resources and news channels and political opinionists and talking heads and, and campaigners and people that want to say, don't be afraid of the coronavirus. Being afraid of the coronavirus is stupid. Here's what you should really be afraid of. Anybody, anybody who's telling you what you should be afraid of gets an automatic unfollow. Yep. <laughs> it feels good um, to so do anyway, that. <laughs> what's that? It feels good to unfollow. Come on, come on, somebody. Our, our, our destination has nothing to do with fear and, and trepidation. Mm -hmm. Come on, we are the greatest conspiracy theory in the history of the planet is the outpouring of the Holy Spirit and the birth of the church, and nothing can stop it. Not the Illuminati. <laughs> nothing. All right. Um, so and he brought the Illuminati. let's just stop there. All right. <laughs> um, and then we want to, this, we're, so, we're so excited about this. Later today, we are, <laughs> later today, we are launching the giving initiative. So this is a powerful testimony of God's favor and goodness. Yeah. So many of you have begun to get checks back from the government to help through this season of economic downturn. And so many of you have said to us, we needed those. And it's awesome. We get to pay rent and buy groceries, which we love. Mm -hmm. But we've had a lot of people reach out to us and say, I don't need these. And I don't want these. And I want this money to go to someone that actually and truly needs it. And so if that is you and you're feeling compelled by Holy Spirit to live in radical generosity and give some or all of your stimulus check to someone who needs it more than you, we are starting the giving initiative, which is basically just a fund that we're starting we're not going to use it to pay our bills. We're not going to use it to pay salaries. We're not going to, it's only going to go towards people who need it uh, more than us. And so if, if we build up that fund, people will be able to meet with us and talk with us about what they need. And then we will assure you that your money is going out to, to families in living waters yep. who need it. And then once we've taken care of all the needs in living waters and we've broken the bread and the fish and we have baskets left over, mm -hmm. we will turn it outward and give it into the community through Mercy's Gate. Um, but we're starting the giving initiative this afternoon. Be watching for that link for how you can give uh, some, all, or, or of your of your stimulus check. If you don't need it, there are people who do, mm -hmm. and this yeah. is a chance for us as a church yeah. to just live in in radical radical generosity. So, all right, um, that's your that's your highlights for the week. <laughs> um, and uh, we love you guys yeah. so much. We'll be love seeing you, you a bunch, and can't we'll see you online throughout the week. And we are praying and cannot wait till we get to see you offline and right uh, face to face face to face so thank you guys for joining us today and being a part of living waters keep spreading jesus and his joy and his hope everywhere you go you can only give away what you carry so make sure what you're carrying is jesus and what you're releasing is his presence yeah yeah bye love you bye. guys bye